this? Can I? Hi, everyone. Uh, I think I know all of you, but just in case, my name is Elaine, and uh, my husband is Norman. I have two kids in this church. Um, I want to do something different. I feel like a lot of times we're in the congregation and we rarely have a chance to talk to everyone. So I like to propose something very different. Um, I have these verses, Deuteronomy 6, 1 to 9, and I'd like that you guys get into groups of three or four people and just kind of read the verses. Or how about let's all read the verses together as a congregation and then we can get into groups of three to four and just discuss it for five minutes. Um, Do we pray yet? We didn't pray yet. Can I pray? Can, can we open up with a word of prayer first? Um, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for this opportunity that we can gather together in your name. Pray that you bless this congregation. Pray that your presence be amongst us. Pray that we continue to grow in you, Lord, and that we continue to, that we learn to know each other. We pray for leadership. We pray for their health and for their safety. We pray that you give them guidance to guide our church, to grow spiritually in you, to grow closer to you, to learn to love you with all our heart and to have, to give our hearts to you, Lord. I pray that right now at this time, you be with our congregation, you be with, allow me to speak your words, and um, may we all get a blessing from this time. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I don't know, we, as a congregation, can we all read together Deuteronomy 6, 1, 2, 9? Norman, you want to lead the reading, or you want me to do it? You can, I feel more comfortable if you do it. <laughs> Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse number 1. Uh, now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you, that you might do them in the land whither you go to possess it, that thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may dwell, may it be well with thee, that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord of thy fathers has promised thee, in the land that floweth milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, with all thy might, and that and these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by thy way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write upon the posts of thy house and on thy gates. So then, you know, when I'm teaching... Um the elementary church, we have like a memory verse, a verse that we focus on. I guess I kind of like that format. And I like Deuteronomy 6, 5, which is, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy, thy soul and with all thy might. Sorry, I'm not very good at 
writing, copying down. But um, if you guys can split into groups of three or four and just spend like maybe two minutes to d discuss amongst yourself, what do these verses, um, you know, speak to you? Especially with this verse, what does it really mean? Just spend two minutes, or you can just say hi to each other, whatever.
since her mom, which is a dear friend of mine, went to heaven. And um, so recently I've been going through some valleys in life, meaning some down times, times where I'm having a hard time walking with the Lord, times where I'm having a hard time with particularly my health, the emotional state. And um, I kept on the advice that my friend who has passed nine years ago in heaven, it came on coming, it keeps on coming back to me. And so now when I saw the Facebook post that, hey, it's been nine years, I was like, it was a blink of an eye. It seems like it was only yesterday that she was telling me what to do when I'm sad and down on, uh, on my knees in terms of being with the Lord. And I've always remembered that she's given me that, she told me, when you have nothing to be thankful for, thank God for his salvation. And that's one of the things I remember, I keep on telling me, you know, myself. When I have nothing to be thankful for, thank God for his salvation. And she says, when you don't feel like reading the Bible, and when you feel like you don't have anything to be thankful for, read <coughs> Psalms. In Psalms, you can learn how to be, you can remember how to thank God. Because Psalms is about praising God. So I've been reading Psalms and thanking God for his salvation. So I want to talk about my sister in Christ who is in heaven a little bit first. So this um, sister um, is someone I met when I was first getting to know God in my early 20s. Um, You know, as I said, I got to know God very late in life and there's a lot of doubts, you know, like, you know, as you are older, you have a lot of things like, you know, there's logic, there's science, and there's religion, there's faith. So, but um, I was very blessed. God gave me a lot of brothers and sisters to help me, you know, encourage me in my walk. And one of them was, was this was this sister. And, um, you know, she, when she was a mother of young children, when she was a mother of young children, um, and her children was one in elementary school, one in middle school, she was diagnosed uh, with a very rare disease. I forgot what it's called, I think it's LAMS or something, maybe Fanny knows, LAMS, um, which is a rare disease where it's kind of like lung cancer, that over time, the person actually takes away your lung, the disease takes away your lung, lung functions, and there's no cure, and she dies. So that's what um, happened, was that when she was a mother of young children, one in like, I don't know, elementary school, like fourth or fifth grade, and then one in middle school, um, she got diagnosed with a deadly disease. That's so rare that there is no treatment for. And you know, as a sister, I thought, like, you know, like, I'm like, shouldn't you blame God? You know, you've been following God faithfully all these years, and then now you have young children, and you're dying, and you're suffering, but she has not blamed, I don't know if she's blamed God, but um, she still was very spiritually strong, and uh, even in weakness and sickness, she has shown me her love, and her courage in the Lord. And from this, it does, it inspired my spiritual walk with God, especially when I'm down on my, you know, in my lows and my valleys, I think of her. If there's 
anyone who has nothing to be thankful for, it would be her, you know. And she still says, when I feel like I have nothing to be thankful for, I thank God for my salvation. She says, I thank God for my salvation. When you feel like you don't want to read the Bible, read Psalms so you can praise God. So, um, yeah, and even in her weak states, she was spiritually strong. And she encouraged me, a new believer at the time, how to walk with God through my trials. So I, as I you know, saw on Facebook, I was in nine years, I went back to her Facebook page that she posted nine years ago. And I was surprised that Facebook still had that page on, even nine years, looking at the post from nine years. Facebook has been around for quite a while, I guess. And um, I was looking through, and I was reminded how she would be very thankful for little things, little miracles that God performed for her. So I saw one post. She said, praise God, because she was able to drive her children to in and out to get hamburgers for lunch that day with her oxygen mask on, her tank on. And I'm like, wow, we take it for granted, you know, like we're like, I'm lazy, I wanna go for lunch, what should we do? We drive to in and out But, you know, for her, it was so hard to even drive her children to in and out um, And she was praising the Lord for the miracle that God has delivered her to that day, drive the in and out get hamburger for her children. And, you know, her daughter responded like, oh, that hamburger was so yummy, you know, because it's so sweet, the miracles that she, the little miracles that she recognized. Um, and then, long story short, in her dying days, she had, you know, she had days of good and days of bad, but in her dying days, she left behind these words in her journal for her children and for us. She, she said, Deuteronomy 6, 5, And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with the, all thine heart and all thy soul and all thy might. So, uh, you know, I don't know. This is a very strong commandment when you think of it. It's easy to serve God. It's easy to say, God, you know, God says, baptize. It's easy to get baptized. It's easy to say, oh, take the Lord's Supper. Take the Lord's Supper. It's like, oh, if God called you to serve Chinese school, it's easy to serve Chinese school, take some time off. Uh, you know, even choosing between going to work and coming to church, you know, I, I don't know, for, for me, fine. You know, it's just money, it's easy. But to love someone, to love even someone, like a human, like my husband, you know, someone who I know, who I can touch, who I can hear, who I can see, it's hard to love someone. But for God, you know, I was sharing in our group that, you know, you really need to know God and feel God in your presence to really not only know and feel that he's there and that he loves you, but that you have to love him with all your whole, all your heart, all your soul, and all your might. With everything in you, you love God. That is, I feel like, the hardest commandment but I feel that that is the commandment that God really wants from all of us. Because if we love him with all our heart, we will serve Chinese school. If we love him with all our soul, we will follow his commandments. If we love him with all our might, we will give 
all our energy to him. We will overcome all our fears just to serve him the way he wants us to serve. Anyway, so I am still working on this. You know, I don't know in your group how when you're sharing how you guys are talking. I am nowhere near this. I am still working, and I just find out that I have five more minutes, so I will speed up. Um, uh, so as I said, I've been going through a period of low, um, and I've been reading Psalms a lot. I've been, um, I've been, uh, you know, just. Well, I've been. I've shared with some of you that I've been having a lot of stomach issues. I went through a lot of tests. I went through so many tests. Like I've seen a GI doctor since March, April of this year. I'm just kind of fed up. And they finally diagnosed me with this underlying condition, which they found out the recent five to ten years, or you know, ten years ago. And there is no. Um, treatment like there's no FDA approved treatment for it and so as I'm going through like you know I was talking to Fanny about it they they prescribed me two weeks of antibiotics of two different types of antibiotics and as I'm reading all these side effects it's like dang you know and then the the cure rate is like 60 to 70 percent and then not only is the cure rate 60 to 70 percent um it will come back like in a you know, it can't come back in a few weeks, so people can go on six weeks of antibiotics, and you know, there is no FDA-approved treatment for it. And so I'm like, wow, you know, I'm not feeling well constantly. It's been like four months now. I haven't been feeling well. I've been praying to God. Uh, you know, first, you know, I was praying to God, like, oh, I humble before, you know, before God. Said, God, please heal me. You know. Forgive my sins, heal me. And then it's like, oh God, please just give my doctors wisdom, give me wisdom on the best treatment. And then, you know, after like months, you begin to say, with no answer in sight, you're kind of like, hey God, are you there? Are you hearing me? You know, do you love me? Do you care for me? You know, I just like, at some point, I felt like God didn't care for me. And that, you know, I wasn't because I'm just like, you know, not a very good child of his. I do not love him with all my heart, all my soul, all my might. I'm just a lowly sinner. And maybe that's why God didn't love me. And at this point of low, I remember what my, my sister told me. It's like, okay, at least God, I thank you for my salvation. If anything, at least you died for people, and I'm one of the people, and so now I'm saved. Thank you, God. You may not have, like, I remember I said to another friend of mine, I said, I thank God, and I'm not sure if he died for me, but he died for people, and so I don't know if he loved me enough to die for me, but he died for people, so I just thank God for his salvation. And that was how low my point of my walk with God was, was that, I was doubting whether he would die for me. I said, he died for the world, and I'm part of the world. That's why I got to reap the benefits. Um, but so, you know, I just did what my friend told me to do. Read Psalms, thank God for my salvation, and that week was really a week of low for me. I really felt like I was just living life through the motions, through the routines, I had no joy. I doubted God. When you doubt God, even through your suffering, 
that's when there is really, at least for me, no joy in life. And through that week, there was two miracles that God performed for me. Tiny miracles, and these are miracles where I would say, if I tell anyone, they would say, oh, that's just coincidence. But to me, that was God telling me, hey, Elaine, I'm here for you. I'm there. I'm still around. And so my testimony are the two miracles that God sent me that week. One miracle was that week as I was driving to work. Um, I know I was thinking about all these treatment options, not really concentrating, just going through the, com- the motions, as I said. And then as I was going down this hill, there was a siren. And I was like, oh, why is there a siren? Oh, he wanted to stop me. Okay, so I pulled over and I was like, uh, what's going on? He said, you didn't stop at the stop sign. I said, yes, I did. I stopped at the stop sign. I knew I stopped at the stop sign. And he said, but you went over the line. I'm like, I went over the line? I didn't even know. I was rolling down the hill. And then when I saw the stop sign, I stopped. I didn't know if I was beyond or over the side of the line. And he said, yeah, you're over the line. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. And then, and then I, I wasn't even thinking about, you know, I was just kind of, you know, before when you get like a ticket, you were like, I'm sorry, you know, you know you've done wrong. So you're like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. This time I'm just like dazed. But actually he, he said, he didn't let me go because I thought I was like, oh, you're just gonna give me a warning and let me go. He said, yeah, for the stop sign violation, I will give you a warning and let you go. But I'm here, he said, I'm here, I'm from East Palo Alto in Davie City. I'm from East Palo Alto, police from East Palo Alto, and the city of Davie City has sent me to do stop sign violation. So then I have to give you a ticket. I'm like, okay. So he gave me a ticket and he said, don't worry, it's a correctable violation. And I was very skeptical what that meant. But anyways, a stop sign violation is two to $300. And it's a moving violation. So it's a point on your record. So it jacks up your insurance rates. But two months later, I paid off the ticket with only $20 because it's a correctable violation. He said, I didn't have my, um, I didn't have my uh, registration with me, which I did, but he just, found something to uh, find me that's correctable. And during that same week, that same week, Norman has a traveling that week too. So, you know, like even when I was sick and going through the motions, I'm tired. And then, you know, I don't remember if it was Friday or Saturday. Friday, Norman texted me, hey, what are we doing Sunday? I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, you know, down. So I don't, I guess nothing. Why? What's going on? I want Hamilton tickets. I'm like, Wow, you serious? So a week before that, you know, I went to my dad's house and we met this person. We crashed a party and we met this person that said, hey, you should check out this Hamilton app. You know, you can get free Hamilton or $10 Hamilton tickets. And I got like front seats. So I only have like, I went over by a minute already. So I better uh, speed up. Anyway, so we got Hamilton tickets on a Sunday that week. And we can actually go. If it was any other time, like on Saturday, we were busy, I forgot. And Monday to Friday, he was out. So I felt it was like a miracle. Like, wow, he, God gave me tickets to kind of, you know, make myself joyful. Like, you know, um, 
treat me so that I don't have to keep on thinking about bad things but enjoy a nice show at a time that we are both free in a very busy week. And it's not that easy to win Hamilton tickets. So we got, that was, I felt like, and you know what? I found out that the seat, uh, the seats that were right behind me, they cost it around $200 a seat. And we got it for like $10 each because of our uh, lottery tickets. And I found out that there were people left and right of us who were also lottery winners that took five months to win um, those seats. But we won in like five days. So I was like, wow, that's another miracle that God told me he cares for me. He's around, he knows I'm suffering, and he's here to you know, give me joy, a piece of joy in the midst of my sorrow. So I just want to wrap things up, and you know, throughout my trial, you know, I have been encouraged by other brothers and sisters. And there's a sister that has told me that I'm so sad because I have not surrendered control to God. I have not surrendered control of my health to God. You know, if I were to love God with all my heart and all my soul and all my might, I would just trust everything to him. I would not have to have to struggle and worry about side effects of antibiotics, worry that I have to be on antibiotics for six weeks and what that do, does to me. And just to wrap up, um, God says through Paul, Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he said, he, he was talking about there was um, a thorn in his flesh and Paul asked God to remove that thorn from the flesh for three times. But God's answer was, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. So I remember this verse as I'm going through the trial, I ask God, God, give me the grace, you know, to be sufficient for me to live day by day. I have not sought treatment. I do not want to seek treatment that there's no FDA approval on. I said, I went to all my doctors and I say, I'll wait for five more years when there are more guinea pigs realizing what kind of, what is the best drug, then I will treat the treatment. I will treat my underlying condition. But now I will just seek his grace that for day by day I live by his grace to just manage the symptoms I have. And that is all I have. I just didn't know I was so short on time. Um, yeah, did you want to end up with the word prayer? <laughs> All right, let's pray.